I try to be very careful about what I say when I'm hearing confessions. Because I've heard a lot of horror stories about priests back in the day who would yell if you weren't doing it right, or who would get angry because you said some sin. Like, yeah, that's why you're coming to confession, to say your sins. What are we getting angry about? That's the purpose. I've heard too many stories about people who have been away from confession for 10, 20, 30, 40 years because the priest said the wrong thing once. So I'm hyper aware, try to be at least, of the words I use when I'm hearing confessions. Because as Jesus said in today's gospel, I should be merciful as my Father in heaven is merciful. As we sang in the responsorial psalm, my job in the confessional is to show the kindness of God. Generally speaking, whenever the priest is celebrating any of the sacraments, my most important job is to get out of the way and allow the Lord to speak and act. If you wanted to talk to me, listen, appointment time's available now. You come to confession to meet the Lord. That's why the advice that was given to me when I was learning how to celebrate the sacrament of confession was less is more. Just be quiet. Say the words of absolution. Advice or clarification when necessary or appropriate. But, all that being said, there's one thing that will almost always get a correction from me in the confessional. And that's when someone confesses their struggles. Almost always I'm going to say something about that. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a month since my last confession. And I have really struggled with patience. Yeah, me too. This is not news. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I have struggled with lust. Yup, everybody. Struggles are not sins. There's an important difference there. And so I'll often ask the person, okay, you've struggled, but have you fallen? There's a difference. Have you given in? You struggled to be patient with someone, but did you succeed in actually being patient and it was just really hard? You struggled to be kind, say a good word, hold your tongue with someone who annoys you or who grates at you. That was a struggle, great, but that's not a sin. Did you fall? Did you say the rude thing? Did you spread the unkind truth? Did you gossip? You see, because in the confessional, I can only take away your sins. I can't take away your struggles. Nor would I want to. Nor would the Lord want to. Because it's in the struggle that saints are made. 
If we confessed our struggles, the good Christian would have to go to confession about every day. Because every day is a struggle in one way or another to live a Christian life, to do the right thing, to choose the path of virtue. And the struggle is a good thing. It's like when you're trying to grow stronger. If you're going to go to the gym, if you're going to lift, you have to struggle. You have to push and pull and stretch. And by doing this, you are made strong. So too, in the life of virtue and morality, the Lord invites us to struggle. He doesn't just permit it, he encourages it. Because he pushes and pulls and stretches our hearts. And in this way, they become strong. Sometimes we confuse holiness or right living with the absence of struggle or the absence of temptation. Or we think that if we're living the Christian life, things should be easier. And I don't know why, with a giant crucifix hanging in the middle of the church, we would think that living the Christian life should make things easier all the time. And this is why we get frustrated with ourselves and with others. Because we expect the temptations to go away. We expect the struggles to melt. We want a clear path before us. But it's in the struggle that saints are made. And every temptation is an occasion of sin, perhaps, but it's also an opportunity for virtue. And this is what we see David practicing in the first reading today. This is why David, though he is a great sinner as well, is also a great saint. We can watch over the course of his life his struggle. And sometimes we focus on his failures. Other times we focus on his sincere repentance after those failures. But today, we're presented with one of his outright victories. Today's gospel passage shows David's virtue precisely because he was tempted. Precisely because it would have been easy for him to sin. The Lord has delivered your enemy into your grasp this day. They come upon Saul, who has turned on David. Saul, the Lord's anointed, who has grown jealous. And now once David dead, they come upon him sleeping, vulnerable. They could take him out in an instant. It would be effortless. Let me nail him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need a second. There's no struggle. There's no battle. We'll get him in his sleep. But David said to Abishai, do not harm him. 
because David has grown to be more like the Lord. And he does not wish Saul's death, even though Saul wishes his. He wishes Saul's conversion because Saul is still the anointed one of the Lord. He's still the one that the Lord chose to be king. And so there might be some hope that he can change and do better. And so presented with the opportunity to sin easily. David chooses the path of virtue. And that's true virtue. Virtue is not the absence of temptation. Right? I don't come in and say, well, I've really grown in virtue. I've gotten much better with patience. Is that so? Well, yes. My annoying sister hasn't been around in months. <laughs> you have not grown in virtue. You have not had the opportunity to sin. But if the source of your temptation was right there, then what would you do? That's the mark of virtue or vice, of saint or sinner. When the struggle is present and you choose to do the right thing, even though it's the hard thing, even though everybody else reasonable in the eyes of the world would choose the easier way. David hopes against hope. He decides to use this as a come to Jesus moment. I don't know if you can have those before Jesus came, but same thing. A wake-up call for Saul. He takes the spear, he takes the water jug, and the next day he says, look, I could have taken your life, and I didn't. So why do you think I'm against you? Why are you jealous of me? I'm on your team. Today, though the Lord delivered you into my grasp, I would not harm the Lord's anointed. The path of virtue that we want to follow is the one where we're ready for a struggle, where we're expecting it, but we're strong enough to fight the struggle and to have victory in Christ. It pairs so well with Jesus' message in today's gospel. Because again, we think, even subconsciously, that if we're doing this right, it should be easy. But it is not easy to love your enemies. That's hard to do. Especially at first. Especially when we're just starting out on the road to virtue. It is wildly difficult to do good to those who hate you. To bless those who curse you. To pray for those who mistreat you. That doesn't come naturally to a bunch of fallen sinners like you and me. We bristle at that. But because it's difficult does not mean it's impossible. It does not mean that we should give up. It doesn't mean that we'll eventually give in. When confronted with a difficult road 
to doing what is right. When confronted with an easy temptation to do what is wrong, the Lord allows us to make that choice. He puts us in those situations so that we can strengthen our moral muscles. He not only allows, but he encourages us to be stretched. It's easy to love those who love you. Even the pagans do that. The Christian is called to more. Can you love those who don't love you? Can you love those who don't deserve your love? Can you love those who are ungrateful for your love? It's easy to do good to those who do good to you. Or easier, at least. It's useful. Got a reciprocal thing going on here. But what if someone's never going to do anything for you? You're not going to get anything out of this. Will you do good for them then? It's easy to do good for someone when it doesn't cost you anything. But if it costs us, even something small, we tend to take a step back. Even if it's just mildly inconvenient, sometimes I won't do it. The path of virtue, the path to holiness, the path to right living, the Christian life, is marked especially at the beginning with difficulty and struggle. The good news is, is that virtue is a habit. Virtue is something you build over time, like muscle. You don't go to the gym once and say, I'm strong. You go to the gym regularly. Or you throw hay bales regularly. Or you pick up that kid who should be able to walk on their own by now regularly. And in this way you grow strong. Virtue is a habit. And as we continue to practice the habit, the good news is, is that gets easier. As you build strength, it becomes easier to lift the kid, to throw the bale, to lift the weight. It only, not only becomes easier, but sometimes even enjoyable. So too with the practice of virtue. It's hard at first to love someone who doesn't love you in return, to be generous to someone who's very stingy, to lend to someone who's going to flake out on you and not give anything back. It's difficult at first, but it becomes easier the more that your heart is stretched and pulled and pushed. We strengthen our moral muscles so that living the Christian life just becomes the way we live our life. That's just what I do. It's how I act. This is how I treat others. 
The Lord provides us with a lot of examples today. But they are all geared towards the same thing. Not a full body workout, but a full soul workout. To come at our hearts from every angle. So that what he's suggesting here, we learn to do by heart. We learn to do automatically. The struggle becomes less and less. And the victories become more and more frequent. The message of today's scriptures, I think, is to expect struggle. And do not be discouraged. Try not to be frustrated that it's still hard to do the right thing. Because the right thing is often hard to do. (laughs) Don't be frustrated when it feels like you're carrying a cross. That's what we're signing up for when we follow Jesus. The path to holiness leads by way of Calvary. So be realistic and don't be surprised when the cross feels heavy and the struggle is real. Persevere and know that victory is right around the corner. Try not to see every occasion of sin as just that. But also understand that this is an occasion for victory. This is an opportunity for virtue. It's in the struggle that saints are made. And so take heart. Have courage. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've been given right judgment. You know what a Christian ought to do. You've been given the gift of courage to be able to do it even when it's hard. So take heart. Call upon the Holy Spirit and begin to practice virtue even when it's difficult so that over time, the victories are more and more The failures are less and less. And living the Christian life becomes easier. Sometimes even effortless. And even enjoyable. Because every one of us who carries the cross of the Christian life each day also carries within us the hope of heaven. And that makes the cross worth carrying. That makes the struggle a little sweeter. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Give and gifts will be given to you. Love your enemies and do good for them. Then your reward will be great. You'll be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind, even to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's a whole revolution. That kind of living will change the world. And it starts today. It starts in your heart. Let us be Christians like David.
acknowledging our sinfulness and our weaknesses, repenting of our sins when we fall, and choosing to do what is right and good and holy, even and especially when that's difficult, unpleasant, or a struggle.